They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two bald pastors. Welcome to Two Bald Pastors, a podcast about real faith and real life. I'm Jeff Sinabaldo. And I'm Joe McGarry. We are two follically challenged pastors serving in congregations of the New England Synod and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, or as we like to call it, the ELCA. Today we have with us Knut Ogren. He is the director. <laughs> he is very excited to be here. He is the director of development and communication for our very own Camp Calumet. Knut, how are you today? Hey, it's so nice to be here. And um, you probably only could hear me clap, but um, I'm looking out my, my office window and there are all sorts of people. They're still cheering. You can't hear them, but you can sort of see that. Yeah. Calm down out there. It's fine. I, we've begun and I'm starting to talk now. You can stop. Okay. I'll talk to you later. All right. I got rid of them. Oh, thank you. Thank you. This is a very yeah. serious podcast and we need to keep it on track and on time. So it's good those things, those people stepped away. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for doing what you do. I'm looking forward to talking about whatever it is we're going to talk about. <laughs> it's always a pleasure to talk with you, Canute. Okay. <laughs> So the three of us, as well as a cast of thousands, are going to be involved in a very wonderful event that I know I look forward to every year. It's going to be my fourth year involved in it, a, a little event called Reach the Beach. Yeah. And uh, we would uh, love to just share the story of Reach the Beach. So maybe, Knut, you could just kind of talk about what we're doing, and then we can maybe get into... Uh, the history of it or just kind of some stories we've learned or anything about it that would be sure. great okay so i'll i'll explain it to you as if i'm talking to someone who has never heard about it before perfect um reach the beach is a um is a ragnar event and a lot of people know the, the name ragnar reach the beach as i understand it predates ragnar it's a uh, fantastic relay race Going on, I don't know if it's 20 years, but it's it's been around a long time. Camp Calumet sort of hijacks this race and uses it for our own purposes, which sounds terrible um, until you really see it up close, and then you then you think, you know what, this is totally legitimate. <laughs> it's a, it's a 200 mile running relay race, and it requires 12 individuals to to be on a team. Each team of 12 is broken in two, so there are six people designated by van. So we have van one and van two. Van one begins running uh, at sunup on a Friday, and they run for about, oh, 35 miles or so. It takes them about five hours. And then van one goes and takes a nap, and van two comes on. They sort of they get the, what do you call baton that's uh, passed to them. And van two then runs there. 35 miles or so over a period of five hours or so. And um, and while Van 2 is running, Van 1 is taking a rest. And then Van 1 comes back on and takes over for Van 2. And, and each Van 1 and each Van 2 has three turns of doing some running. So there are 36 total legs, 12 runners. Each runner does three legs. And we finish about 32 hours later. And this race uh, finishes down at Hampton Beach, uh, in New Hampshire, it begins at Bretton. I think it begins at Bretton Woods, if I remember right. It's nuts, uh, but it's fun, and people smell 
because they run and then they end up in a van. Except for me, I'll tell you, people make fun of me, but I tell you, I finish my run and then I pack a hot water bath in a, in a big igloo container. So I take a little bath each, at the end of each of my runs because I care about the people in my van. <laughs> you are a very caring man. That, that is great. That's awesome. Not me. <laughs> Sit in my filth and let everyone else enjoy it. Oh, nice. But it's great. And each runner is in charge of trying to find some sponsorships. Each runner has a has a congregation sponsor that the congregation prays for that runner. And and uh, some of those congregation congregations provide um, financial help. And our goal is to raise money for the Campership Fund, for the Camp Calumet's annual fund. And last year we had five teams that raised about 87,000 bucks. And this year we're gonna have six teams and our goal is to try to break the $100,000 uh, mark. And we're very excited about it. Who knows if it's gonna happen, but uh, we're Holy Spirit people and, and we have a lot of people who follow the race on our Facebook page and uh, oh, it's, it's a lot of fun. In my particular team this year, I am runner seven. So that means I will receive the baton from the last runner in van one. And, and yep. I will be the first runner for van two and then start yeah. that whole cycle. So I'm actually really excited about that because that means I get to get all my nerves and anxiety while we're driving from wherever we've been resting out of my system. And then I can get there and run and then I can enjoy everybody else running. It'll be great. Your colleague, Christian Hollick at St. Peter in Harwich has that same leg. So that'll be fun for, but we have a uh, there are a number of pastors involved, not just as runners, but some as van drivers and some as luggers and some as chaplains. And so, geez, I haven't done the count, but I there could be as many as 15 of you rostered leaders in New England who are participating. I'm going to count as I sit here. Is that okay? Yeah, that's great. And my job over the weekend is to be a chaplain. And uh, a couple of years ago, you and I talked about this idea that you had of adding a, a chaplain, not only to provide uh, a spiritual component to to the race, but also to provide hospitality to make sure people are taken care of in, in a spiritual, uh, physical, emotional way. Now there are four of us, which I think is fantastic. And we provide a, a devotional for Thursday night as people gather together. And then over the weekend, we one of the one of my favorite things last year was providing water. So there's this one leg where I don't remember how many miles it is, but uh, there's no van support along that leg. And Mark Huber from Sanctuary, who was on an earlier podcast, he and I uh, were were teams of, of chaplains together and we went and we got a couple of cases of water and we were just handing it out to runners um, as they were going along and it was it was very very appreciative by each runner they were in the in this really hilly section and they just were so thankful to receive the the water as they ran by um, I'm not necessarily a, a runner so I'm, I'm so excited to be able to be a part of the group and to be uh, participating in it and supporting people Joe you touched on something important because uh, not everyone can be a runner, or in the case of some people, not everyone wants to be a runner. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, right. there is a way to participate for every single kind of person. So we have some who run, some who drive, which is a very, very difficult job. Um, some people think, oh, I'll just drive, and then they do it. Boy, is it a lot of work. Uh, to drive that van and stay sort of alert with all that stuff that's going on on the road. So, uh, we have luggers. Their job is to deliver, for instance, a lugger delivers camp mattresses 
to our resting spots throughout the road race. Our congregation in Concord, New Hampshire, Concordia Lutheran, and our congregation in Laconia, Good Shepherd Lutheran, and our congregation in Salem, New Hampshire, Triumphant Cross Lutheran Church, those are three resting spots. Well, we need to get camp mattresses to those places so that when our runners and drivers arrive to those places, that there's a comfortable place for them to rest. So uh, we need people to volunteer to lug, and we have a couple uh, pastors who do that, and then, of course, the chaplains. We want to make sure that this event is a perfect Camp Calumet program. And every Camp Calumet program does have an important spiritual sort of holy component. Were it not for the chaplains to provide that, you know, it still would be fine, but there's something really good about uh, grounding it in God's love. And I'm just so thankful for all of the ways that rostered leaders participate and help out. And we should uh, also say you do a tremendous amount of work on this. I am always blown away by the amount of logistics that are involved that somehow you not only manage but make it look like you enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think of all of the changes that happened. I, I ran for the first time, I think it was 2014, and then I was scheduled to run in 2015, and then I had an injury. And you were so good about saying, all right, we'll find another runner. No problem. I said, well, I'm happy to do something else. And you plugged me in to be a driver, which I loved, by the way. And uh, I know I'm not the only person that that's happened to, because there's always some movement that's happening in these last few weeks as we get ready to do this race. And uh, somehow you make it all happen. So I'm I'm really I'm impressed. I'm thankful. I'm grateful. And uh, you do it with a servant's heart. So thanks. Thanks for your leadership on this, too. Well, I love doing it. I should say that I'm one of the few people that gets paid. I mean, it's my job, right, to raise money for Camp Calumet. I love doing it. I know that in order to make something successful, someone has to be making sure that every I is dotted, every T is crossed, so that everyone who participates feels like it was uplifting and good and uh, didn't seem chaotic. Well, so my job is to make sure that every detail is is taken care of. And your colleague, Dan Hilly at Zion Lutheran in Southington, well, he had a, a little accident. And tomorrow, I'm going to hear from him whether his toe is broken or just bruised and whether he thinks he's going to be able to run. And I'm hoping the answer is yes. But if the answer is no, then I go to my my list of substitute runners. And by the way, I've I've gone through just about everyone on that list. So <laughs> oh, I, no. <laughs> yep. I have my uh, my last remaining substitute already knows that she might end up uh, running. I, I hope that uh, Dan is able to. But if he's not, then I have this person in the wings ready to go. And then everyone else. All the other 72 runners have to agree that not they're going to be healthy and, and nothing's going to happen in the next two weeks. <laughs> right. Right. So I was, at a, I was at a surprise party for my parents a couple of weeks ago, and we were you know, just playing like touch football in the backyard, and I jammed one of my toes, and I thought to myself, oh, no. But I brought it back to health. I didn't want to worry you. I knew I'd be ready to go. I ran today. I'll be ready to go. He <laughs> would. <laughs> It's fun. I um, we we don't just have uh, the runners and the luggers and the chaplains and the drivers. Uh, the other thing that makes this special is that Camp Calumet is a transition area on the course. 
So we are transition area number 10. Every time a runner hands off the baton from one to another, well, all those vans have to stop at a place so that those runners can be transferred or, or trans, whatever the word is. So Camp Calumet is transition 10. There will be, oh, I don't know, some some hundreds of vans who drive into Camp Calumet. It'll be about 3,000 individuals who come onto our property. Camp Calumet uh, sees to it as best we can, that we are a, a place of welcome, a place of hospitality. We have a whole group of volunteers. Their job is to give away free pizza, free cookies, free fruit, free Gatorade, free water, and say to people, just take this. If you need this, it's yours. And, uh, and we have a little jar so that if people want to leave a donation, they're more than welcome. Uh, this year, those donations that will be received will go to the local Lutheran Church, the Lutheran Church in the Nativity, North Conway. It'll go toward their youth's uh, trip to um, Houston. Houston. Houston, Texas, home Houston. of Hurricane Harvey. Yeah, the poor people in Houston for crying out loud. And we should just take a moment and just reflect on the fact that there are people, at least for me, this is true, I'm in New Hampshire, so they're in far off places. They are doing their best to keep their spirits uh, high and up in the midst of very, very challenging times. And so we all ought to just for this moment uh, send the best spirit and the best prayer support and all the encouragement that we can to those nice people in Houston and remember our uh, Lutheran disaster response ministry that go shows up to disasters and provides unbelievable support. Every nickel that goes to Lutheran disaster response goes to the need. And I just know that the people in Chicago are being really smart right now, figuring out how to receive all the gifts from people like you and me and, and others so that the people in Houston can, can have it a little bit better than they would otherwise. So that money that's received here at the transition will, will go to help them with their costs. And um, very, the last thing I'll say about the transition, the first time we were tra a transition, one of our runners, Paul, he got a text from a buddy of his that he, I think I have the story right, a buddy of his that he hadn't talked to in quite a while. But his buddy texted him because he, uh, his buddy knew that Paul Jackson was connected to Camp Calumet and said, you know, I just visited your camp because I'm running Reach the Beach. And I have to tell you that there was something special and unique and holy about that place. And the words that he used, this friend of Paul's used, were, uh, were, I believe that God is present there. And I thought that was such a beautiful thing and a testament to the wonderful volunteers and the Calumet community in the way that they are hospitable and uh, welcoming to people. I, it's exactly what we want to have happen. Transition 10 is going to be the best one this year, too. It's going to be awesome. I had a similar experience last year. So I, I ran in 14, and then I drove both last year and the year prior. And uh, we had parked the van, and we were on our way to the transition zone. And I was just kind of eavesdropping on some people who were walking behind me. And I had made it a point because when you go to these transition zones, there usually is food available, but they're usually like fundraisers for kind of some local project there, you know, Boy Scouts or uh, other youth activities or things like that. And yeah. um, I'm, I was listening to these, these people talk about, this is my favorite transition zone. Everyone is so nice here. And the pizza, it's free. Good, good. <laughs> I said, "Oh, I'm glad you're here," you know, and I welcomed them, welcomed them also. So it was that was good to see that that spirit was getting around uh, to people who were 
coming through that place. It was great. I love that. My mother drives up from the Cape because she she loves working in the transition spot. And uh, her job is to work the water station. All the water goes in a big tub. I think it's actually a rowboat filled with ice. So all these waters are cold. And her job is to reach in and grab a water bottle and hand it to someone. As she hands the water bottle off, if I remember this right, she says, What's the best transition area? And she, she gets them to say the Kim Calumet's the best. <laughs> so let's uh, transition a little bit here to the history. How did this get started? You talked about that, you know, we've been doing this a number of years. Uh, have we always had so many teams? Or how did, how did this start it and how has it grown so quickly over the years? The first year we did it was in 2010. If I remember right, it's um, uh, Vicki Mealy Hopkins, Sarah Mealy McCready, Tom Shower. Uh, there may have been a couple others, but really they were the ones. They probably had too much wine some night and thought it would be a good idea to get their friends together and and uh, do a Reach the Beach team. And I was one of the ones who was asked to participate on that first team back in 2010, maybe a month before Reach the Beach. Uh, some of us thought it'd be a good idea to turn it into a, a last-minute fundraiser for the annual fund. I think we raised like two thousand bucks that year, and we felt great about about two thousand bucks. That's great! Yeah, no, yeah. that's fantastic. And then the next year, we had one team, and we decided to be a little bit smarter about it. And uh, I think that year we raised maybe six thousand bucks. The, the third year, I think that's when we went to uh, two teams, and we raised say twelve thousand bucks. The fourth year, I forget how many teams we had that year. Eventually, we went to an online, you know, one of those nice uh, online fundraising outfits. Uh, we yeah. use CrowdRise today, but I think we, we used a different one that first year. In any case, it's one of those where you, it tracks the donor donations right away, and you can see the thermometer grow as the gifts come in. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. Like a GoFundMe type of thing. Yeah, 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 similar. And uh, well, then we raised a, a bunch more that year. And, and uh, at some point we had four teams and then last year we had five teams. And this is the eighth year that we're doing it. We'll have six teams. The first seven years that we did it, 2010 through 2016, during those seven years, I did the math. Uh, we raised $293,000 for the uh, Camp Calumet's annual fund. And um, so if we can get a hundred thousand this year, then by the end of 2017, Camp Calumet will have raised uh, almost 400,000 bucks for Camp Calumet just by having a bunch of suckers like us run and drive <laughs> and cart around mattresses all over the place. It's ridiculous, but it's a ton of fun. Mm -hmm. One of the th things that I think is special about Reach the Beach is we have um, – uh, the oldest runner we've ever ha we've ever had run for us was in her 60s, and to 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 have her on our, our on our team, uh, along with the youngest runner at that time, the youngest runner with us was about oh maybe 20, 19 or 20, and all the numbers in between. So it it brings generations of people together, different um, years of alums. We we have people who run because their kids come to camp. Uh, I think about uh, Jeff, the member of your church, uh, Mike Schlesselman. He never worked at Camp Calumet, but his kid loves Camp Calumet. Yeah, and Katrina was a CIT this year. Yep. It, and it's wonderful because Mike, he he couldn't run this year because of work. Um, but I'll bet you nickel he's going to be back with us next year. But now he himself uh, 
has participated in a Calumet program and now has all these Kim Calumet friendships that he would never have had otherwise. I love that. I love that all of us are doing something incredibly stupid, like running for 32 <laughs> hours and having fun, making new friends, being grounded in, in God's love. I, I just I think it's the coolest thing. Yeah, I, what I love, the van experience is really where it's at because it's, you know, here you got seven people together and each year it's at least half the people in that van I've never spent much time with before. And for those 30 hours or so that you're together, I mean, you're family and it's just everybody bonds and uh, everybody's there for all the right reasons. And uh, we enjoy each other, encourage each other, pray for each other. And uh, it's just and laugh a lot. And it's it's a wonderful experience. And those relationships, um, they last. Uh, yeah. I think oh, about yeah. one particular runner, I'm not going to say who he or she is, but there was a, a very complicated family situation that this person was dealing with. It was really something to um, uh, see on Facebook, the support that this person got from this person's van mates and the whole Reach the Beach, uh, Camp Calumet Reach the Beach community. Um, I, I, know, I know that those offerings of support and encouragement were there because of the relationships that were developed because of Reach the Beach. It's a, it's a special, it's a special thing. I, I really, uh, I really dig it. I'm thinking about um, last year, uh, Nate McMahon, he was running and his, his congregation sponsor was Christ the King Lutheran in Holliston. And uh, Christ the King invited uh, me and Nate to come to the church, do a Sunday morning uh, event and and talk about Reach the Beach. And we went after Reach the Beach. So it was nice. Nate could report to the congregation how it all went. And, uh, and he did his presentation. And it was such a special moment for me to listen to Nate talk to the congregation about why he decided to do Reach the Beach. And it was a joy to listen to him talk about how much of an impact Camp Calumet had on his life when he was a, a teenager and how Camp was a place for him to come when in so many other parts of the world, he didn't feel like he fit. He felt like right. he was outcast or now he's a father with, uh, a, I think his two kids now. I don't know why people have so many kids. They're very expensive, but never mind. That's, it. <laughs> that's a different um, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that <laughs> another time. But um, here, Nate is able to, he ran Reach the Beach because he wanted to make sure that Camp Calumet had the money so that no kid needed to be turned away because of not having enough money to pay. Because uh, he remembered what it meant, how important Camp Calumet was in his life as that uh, teenager. I just, it was a, it was a gift for me to be able to hear him say those words out loud right. to that group of people. I just, I just loved it. So we have shared a, a few stories uh, about Reach the Beach, but is there a, one of your favorite stories or something, an experience that you had as you were running the event itself, either an interaction with another runner or some something that you have uh, felt with a teammate or anything like that that you, you'd be able to share with us? There's not one particular thing that jumps out of my mind at this moment, but I, I do want to say something about running because you are you're passing people or being passed by people. I mean, think about it. The, all the, miles and miles of New Hampshire is taken up by people running in the middle of the night with blinkies on and and um, 
there's something beautiful about the community that is developed on the road and runners I don't I've never met these people I never I'll never see them again and yet when we when we pass each other well first of all you exchange pleasantries but you also give little hunks of encouragement uh, or, or you're you're on the receiving end of that I just think that that's uh, a beautiful thing more, on more than one occasion I've been um overwhelmed by um, the feelings that happen in those moments of, of just sharing a word of encouragement with someone else that you'll never see again because you're you're both doing this incredibly stupid thing <laughs> but it's so much fun uh, it, it's it's just beautiful I wanted to say that uh, as much as we have the sense of community in reach the beach camp Calumet in those vans there's something special about being part of this bigger thing with five or six thousand people and all ending up at Hampton Beach together and and just celebrating with with each other this great accomplishment of uh, starting at Bretton Woods and ending at Hampton Beach as a whole team together. It's it's a beautiful thing. Well, it reminds me of a a story of uh, I was waiting at one of the transition areas for some runners to come and uh, our one of our teammates runs up. I forget who it was, but they they came up to the to the transition. They handed off the baton, and there was someone right next to them, and they just embraced each other uh, because the the last like mile and a half of that particular leg, they said they wouldn't have made it without each other. They, they were strangers running, and I think it was one of the runs in the in the middle of the night, and they just came together and they supported each other the whole way. And they embraced at the end and just were so thankful that they, they were there for each other. And, and you don't really get that in other places in our world. But th- this particular event, because you're pushing yourself for, and, and you're running, and it, it just was a really, really beautiful sight. It's good stuff. And, and I'll tell you, uh, any, any of the 72 runners for Camp Calumet will have an, a great story to share if you were to ask them that question during the weeks after the race, because it, there's something special like that for every single person. It occurs to me that maybe some of the people listening to this uh, podcast might want to learn a little bit more. And um, so if you if those people wanted, they could go to calumet.org, uh, C-A-L-U-M-E-T dot org slash reach the beach. And, um, and that's a good landing page. It gives people a, a sense of what it is that we're doing. There's also something you can do, um, calumet.org slash follow the race. There are people who sit in their living rooms. And from the time we start running on uh, sunup Friday until the time we uh, go past the finish line on Saturday supper time, they're in their living room or their porch or they're going from point A to point B and they're checking that Facebook page, that group page, because we're um, uh, in real time, we're sort of uh, posting how everyone's doing, who has re- who has made it to um, transition one and handed off to whom and what time. And and so people can sit at home and really track how we're doing and what our progress is. And so for those people listening to this podcast before Reach the Beach 2017, which take, takes place September 15, 16, they can go to calumet.org slash follow the race and then follow whatever the prompts are to get to that Facebook page, that group page, and see how, how it's all going. It's, it's uh, quite something. I'll also share on that calumet.org backslash follow the race. 
there is a link to how do I give and you can just scroll down and there's a, you can donate here directly, or if you want to donate in honor of one of the runners, you can do it that way as well. It's super, super easy. I, I remember one of those stories too, of people uh, being together in kind of a fun way. So it was one of the big transition zones where the vans change over and it was dawn. I don't remember what year it was, but there was, you know, hundreds of people gathered there at the transition zone and somebody announced just really loud as everyone was standing is our runners coming his name is grandpa joe and he's 80 years old oh yes you remember this yes and it's then, something else yeah and then as he came around the corner the place erupted in just uh encouragement and uh clapping and everybody wanted to hug him at, when he got to the end it was just it was such a wonderful thing to see i and be a part of it was really really uh one of those cool moments of the thing that's Bearbrook State Park. I, I bet you nickel. Yeah, uh, that's exactly and, where it was. Yep. And Bear Bearbrook, it's uh, a couple things jump out at me. Be, stories like that, but also it, they have they serve great breakfast sandwiches. I think it's a fireman that do that. And um, yes. And the the lines for the porta potties are unbelievable at that place. They're at least a mile long. Uh, yeah. It's something else. So I, I, if you have to go, don't go at Bear Brook. <laughs> Get your breakfast sandwich and run. <laughs> so the well, reason we do all this craziness is actually to get people to camp. So maybe we should talk about that a little bit. Oh, sure. Well, so very, very quickly, I'll say that uh, Camp Calumet, we've been a Lutheran camp since uh, 19, the summer of 1960. The Lutherans bought this place in 1959. It's on the the north shore of Osby Lake in Freedom, New Hampshire. It's a beautiful spot. And um, when they bought it in 1959, there were a whole big bunch of people in the New England church that that, that thought, "Who who's going to go up there? No one's going to. It's ridiculous. You guys are nuts. Well, Camp Calumet is a place where Lutherans from all over come, not just in the summer, but all year long. There's something special about this place. One side in the summertime, one side is is the the kids camp, resident camp, and each week there are about 200 kids. And then the other side of the street, we have our conference center for families, the 70 uh, campsites in the campground, the village cabins for people who it's a bathroom is there with a bedroom and it's air conditioned. We have people who require that kind of um, lodging option. Everything that happens at Camp Calumet is for the purpose of supporting and strengthening the individuals and congregations of New England. Everything that happens here is for that purpose. When we have people come, we make sure that every program that they participate in has uh, something important in terms of a faith component, something that is fun in terms of the relationship building possibilities, something related to uh, being outside and and enjoying the great outdoors whatever time of year jeff i think about you going down that wonderful toboggan run in the winter time <laughs> um, right. and and uh boy people just love that almost every time almost <laughs> almost every time we can talk about that another time and then the food we serve great food so people come because they know they're going to be well fed they're they're going to meet new friends uh, they're going to enjoy God's creation, and they are going to um, experience something special here. For Reach the Beach, the money that we raise is for the purpose of keeping the programs for kids as low as possible. Mostly that's the resident camp in the summertime, 
but it's also uh, the youth weekends during the year. The typical youth weekend, we still charge 100 bucks uh, a kid. We lose money, but our job is not to try to figure out how to make money off kids. Our job is to make sure that we have important opportunities for kids to come together and grow in faith and wonder more deeply about God uh, and have fun doing that. So uh, the money that we raise makes it so that we can keep offering that low, that low weekend rate of 100 bucks a kid uh, during, during the year. Uh, the kids camp in the summertime, the real cost is um, uh, this year was 700 and something bucks. We were able to charge um, in the low 600s. It was about a $120 price break. Uh, every single kid that came here this summer got that break. And then in addition to that, anyone who needed extra support got extra support through the Campership Fund. Boy, it'd be great if we could offer camp for nothing for everybody. Well, we can't do that, but we can make it more achievable, more um, within reach uh, for for families that, you know, it's it cost, like I said before, kids cost a lot of money. That's right. Uh, they do. So we, we have to figure out how can we be a place where uh, the typical family can send their kid to camp. Um, well, uh, generosity from um, a couple thousand people each year makes it so that Camp Calumet can be the strong place that it can be. Um, and we're so thankful to God for all the blessings that we enjoy at this place. It's, it's uh, something else. And we're grateful for congregations like Faith Lutheran and like St. Paul Lutheran, where you guys serve. But Lutheran churches, we have 182 or something like that throughout New England. Every single one of those congregations, their job is to make sure that Camp Calumet's okay. A lot of those congregations send money. I hope, I hope that every one of those congregations is praying for us at some point during the year. Those prayers matter. Cheering us on through um, sending people from their church to one of our programs. All that stuff, it really matters. So uh, we're very, very thankful. Did I do a good job selling Camp Calumet just then? I hope I did. Beautiful. It was awesome. You probably have listeners who do not live in New England, and so I ought to plug Lutheran Outdoor Ministries Network, which is— Have you you hung out with Don Johnson on one of your podcasts before? We have, yes. Okay. So, so maybe your listeners already know that there's a Lutheran camp all over, all over the country. I mean, the, the Lutherans have been doing camping for years. In most places where your listeners are in this country, there's a Lutheran camp um, at a reasonable distance. There's no camp that's similar to another one, uh, but they all have their special, unique thing uh, that makes it special. Joe, you when you were in New York, you hung out at Koinonia a little bit, I think. Is that right? Vanderkamp. Vanderkamp. I'm sorry, Vanderkamp. And and Jeff, when you were at, growing up in um, in Wisconsin, you were going to where were you going now? I had uh, I'm connected to a few camps, so I worked at Crossways in Central Wisconsin and Lutherdale in Southern Wisconsin, and I'm connected with Luthercrest now in Western Minnesota. Gee whiz, did you get fired from all those places? What happened? <laughs> People have learned they can only tolerate me a certain amount of time, and then it's well, time to... No, no, no. I just... <laughs> one was well, in college, one was post-college, and I have a really, really one of my best friends who's uh, the executive director at Luther Crest. So we're... Well, that's nice. We get, we get together there quite a bit, actually. It's well, those, those lifelong friendships, they start when, uh, when those teens are working together at camp. Joe was just up here last week with people that he'll be friends with for the rest of his life. 
um, not just me. He stuck with me too, but with uh, uh, Gary and Sarah and Johnny and Christy and Heisen and Dave and Pipes. I, those are wonderful relationships that he'll have for the rest of his life. And uh, and Jeff, you're you're talking about a similar thing for for you and your for me. My best friends are the people that I know from Camp Calumet, so it's it's just wonderful. And I, I love that we have this resource and gift that we can share with the next generation and the generation after that. It's a very special thing. Preach it, brother. So is there anything else that you would like to let our listeners know about or um, anything else about Risa Beach that you think is important for us to let people hear about? Well, I'll say this, that every year I try to come up with a new gimmick to get people to make a gift to my personal Reach the Beach run. Last year, um, it was the case that for everyone who made a small gift, it doesn't matter what size, any um, any size gift matters. Anyone who made a gift to me last year, I did a push-up for them. So um, on one day, I had to do 10 and then two more. So I had to do 12 the next day and and then eventually four more. And then so it was 16. So by the time Reach the Beach 2016 came around, I was doing 84 push-ups. Wow. My was my chest was unbelievable. <laughs> I would say that's pretty good. This year, my gimmick is um, is Cheerios. For every person who makes a gift in support of my personal Reach the Beach run, I will be buying a box of Cheerios and donating it to the local food pantry in that donor's honor. And my goal this year is to give 100 boxes of Cheerios uh, away to uh, the local food pantry. Why do, why do I say that? People who are listening to this, they think that, oh, I don't have a big gift, so I can't support the charity that I care about. And what I want your listeners to know is that every gift of whatever size matters to whatever charity you care most about. At Camp Calumet, my goal is to get 2,000 gifts every year. Does not matter what size. I know that if I can get 2,000 donors then Kim Calumet's going to be just fine. Similarly, that uh, same thing is true at every congregation. That same thing is true at every art center, at every college. If every single person who cares about that charitable entity makes some kind of gift, then that charitable entity is going to be just fine. So be thinking about that. What are ways that you, the listener to this podcast, can make an impact even a small impact on the charity that you care about. Be one of the ones who decides to make a gift to support that local uh, charity. Here we're talking about Reach the Beach. And so that that's why I'm trying to do this little Cheerios gimmick. I need to find 100 people to make a gift. People here in, in the neighborhood are going to be able to eat Cheerios. They'll Maybe they'll be sick of Cheerios after a while. Uh, <laughs> they'll be like, Canoe, Cheerios. Frosted Flakes next year. Frosted <laughs> Flakes. <laughs> That's not good for you. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, thank you, Canute, for coming on the podcast today. Is there anything else, Jeff, that you want to mention or talk about? No, just uh, we are very much looking forward to this. It is uh, September 15th and 16th, uh, 2017. So uh, please check it out. Again, it's at calumet.org. Whichever way you want to describe the slash, follow the race. <laughs> And you can uh, find kind of all kinds of links and other information there and participate as you can. And also, uh, just to lift up that uh, we would love for you to pray for the group, uh, for safety, for 
uh, all of us to have a good time and for us to impact a lot of lives. So thank you for that support as well. Hey, awesome. Uh, thanks for letting me participate in your, in your um, Two Bald Pastors um, podcast. And um, I've seen you guys, and and um, your heads are very, very nice. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. We, thank you. We we do we do Work take care. It. Yeah, yeah. And I want to thank you, uh, listener, for joining us today. And a couple other links that we want to remind you about is the Lutheran disaster response, and we'll have these links in our show notes. Uh, just a Calumet. If you want to learn more about Calumet and some of the programs that they have at Calumet and, and learn about summer camp next year to send your kids. Uh, we'll have that link below and we'll also link uh, fundraising pages to both canoe and Jeff. And if you want to help the Cheerio epidemic in freedom, New Hampshire, um, donate to Canute. He'll, he'll make sure that those kids are taken care of. So once again, we are the two bald pastors. I am Joe McGarry. And I'm Jeff Sindobaldo. Have a blessed week. And see you next time. Bye now. They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two bald pastors. Um, when you said Calumet.org's backslash, do you say backslash or slash? I just say slash. What's the, what's I, the I, real? I say backslash, but, you know, people know what that means. I okay. Think. Don't you think? Yeah. I get that. But some of you pastor t- types, you say, oh, um, um, estimology. What do you say? What's a theological word that you 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 um, you go to seminary and you do a class of ecclesi? No. What's the big word begins with E that you guys talk about in seminary? It- Talking out of your rear end? No. Ah! <laughs> e- ecclesiology. Estimology. Whatever it is, and, I, you know, you guys think everyone knows what you're talking about, but uh, on behalf of everyone in the world, I promise that we look at you, and um, in our heads, we're like, what the heck are you talking about? But outside, <laughs> we smile and talk. Uh, so, okay, if it's a backslash, it's a backslash. I think it's a slash. Whatever it is. It's, Whatever it is. It goes from <laughs> uh, top right to bottom left, whatever direction that is. <laughs>